This is PhotoBizX, episode number 373, and today we are talking portrait photography sales from auctions, in particular, how to make fantastic wall art sales to your best clients. And our guests are two of the very best at doing exactly this. I'm talking about Amy and Tavis Guild from the Guild Gallery, and I know there are going to be a ton of takeaways from today's episode. That interview's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. It's going to be a great interview coming up in just a minute. Before we get to that, look, I am not a conspiracy theorist, but you might remember a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago, I mentioned that I've deleted a bunch of social media apps from my phone, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I've been loving not having them on my phone. I'm totally used to it now. I've talked all about the benefits of not having them on there. I'm enjoying the extra time. I'm shooting a personal photography project. I'm reading more. But how's this for a coincidence? Ever since I've deleted these apps, Facebook just is not working properly for me in my browser. And it's totally strange. I can see the first three posts in the PhotoBizX members group, and then everything else is blank. It's just ridiculous. I can't scroll down and see previous posts past the first three. I've tried different browsers. I've tried three different browsers. I've tried restarting my machine. I'm up to date with my software. Like, (laughs) this is totally bizarre. I go onto Linda's laptop, it works perfectly. So it's not our internet connection, it's not tied into our IP address. I do not know what is going on, but it's driving me nuts. Like, is this, is this Facebook? Is this, (laughs) is this Mark Zuckerberg messing with me? Like, is he forcing me to put Instagram and Facebook back onto my phone? I I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it's driving me nuts. (laughs) All right. In other news, I talked about some pretty bad news last week for, for us in our business. We lost all the sporting team photography sessions. But two days later, we get a call up from one of the biggest private schools in the area, and we're back in photographing all their sports photos, all their sports teams photos, which is fantastic. So... Yeah, one minute something disappears and another another minute something else pops up, which is a positive thing. So that's great. And I hope I hope you've been experiencing the same kind of thing in your business. You know, you lose something one minute and then pick something else up the next. That's that's really a godsend for us. It's really helpful. And uh, yeah, looking forward to to quite a few weeks of shoots ahead with the school. And in other good news, which (laughs) will probably affect you more and actually be of more interest to you, I have been meaning to put together a course in conjunction with Joel Dunn, the mindset coach who you've heard interviewed on the podcast a couple of times. He's also run a a webinar for premium members uh, when, when COVID first hit. He's given me everything I need to put together this course and I just have not done it. I've just not had a chance to get it together. So what we've done is we've bit the bullet and we've got a date to run the course. This is going to be a paid course on setting up the perfect price list for you and your business to make sure that you're profitable and getting the very, very best from your sales, the most amount of profit you can by doing it easily and leading your clients to the price points and the products that you want to be selling. So what we're going to be doing is on Tuesday, August 25th, that's Australian time, Tuesday, August 25th. It might be Monday the 24th for you. I'm going to have more details about this later. But on that day, we're going to run a live course. Well, Joel's going to run the course. I'm going to be there to facilitate and ask him questions. But if you are there on the live call, you will also be able to ask questions. You'll be able to submit your price list. And Joel's going to pick a couple of those to tweak and work on and restructure for maximum profit. Plus, if you are there on that live call for that training, you're also going to get a one-on-one session with Joel to discuss your prices. So if we don't get to it in the training session on the day, you'll have a chance to talk to him personally about your price list. So again, this is going to be a paid course. 
I'm not sure if this is going to be for members only at this stage or for all listeners. I expect the introductory price to be 97 US dollars. Again, I'll have more details about that. And then once you have attended that initial course, if you do, you'll have access to the course as it develops over time. So I've already recorded an interview with one of Joel's coaching clients who has implemented exactly what he'll be sharing. And she has had phenomenal success after making the changes that Joel talked about. So I've got that interview for any course participants. I expect to have another, an additional interview with another one of his coaching clients. So you can really drill into exactly what he's covering and apply it to your business. Plus, I'll be converting his training into actual copy as well. So you won't need to watch the training. You'll be able to go back to the parts or different aspects of the course. There'll be downloadable PDFs. So again, you can easily apply whatever you learn in that training if you're there on the live call to your business, to your price list afterwards. Now, this will be for portrait photographers, whether or not you shoot newborns, pets, families, kids, any kind of portrait photography. And Joel says this will also be applicable to you if you shoot weddings. So he's going to dissect a wedding photography price list as well in the training. Now, if you pay for the training and you can't make the live call, that is totally fine. You will still have access to the recording at that special introductory price. Plus, you'll have access to the course as it develops and goes on over time. So mark it in your diary now, Tuesday, August the 25th, 2020, 7 a.m. Australian Eastern Time. So it's going to be a different time if you're in the UK or the US. It's going to be Monday the 24th in the evening or the day before. So again, I'll have details about that in a follow-up email and also in next week's podcast episode as well. Once I get a landing page set up and um, yeah, (laughs) do all the other things that have to go along with setting up a course. So I'm really excited to get this together and I expect this will be a, well, I know this will be a standalone course like the, the Facebook ads course, like the Evergreen Facebook ads funnels course, like the online sales course. This will be another fantastic course that you'll have access to. And of course, members will always have access at a very special price. So yeah, that's really cool. I won't go on about that now anymore because let's get into the rest of this show. And I've got a couple more announcements, cool announcements after the interview with Amy and Tavis Guild. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. One more quick thing before we jump into this interview with Amy and Tavis. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. What that means is You won't be hearing the full interview today with Amy and Tavis because I'm going to save a chunk of the second half for premium members only. So if you are loving what you hear from Amy and Tavis in the first half of this interview, and I know you will because I was blown away with the success they're having from these auctions in regards to their portrait photography sales. If you would like to hear the full interview, you can do that for as little as $1 with a premium membership, a trial premium membership, which will last you 30 days head over to photobizx.com forward slash try to learn more about that and get full access to today's interview. Plus you get access to like the special training that I talked about that's coming up with Joel Dunn at the special price that members get. You get access to the Facebook ads courses, the online sales course, all at reduced prices, plus so many other things. It really is a fantastic membership with so many benefits to help you grow your business. photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great time for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. One thing is absolutely certain when you visit the website or social media profiles for today's guests, they promote and sell beautiful wall art. Everywhere you look, there are framed wall prints, canvases, albums, wall art hanging in homes, being created in-house, being hung in homes, wall art is everywhere. And they feature a big, bold byline front and center on their website, which says a statement wall art piece in your home that promotes family connection and displays your values for the world to see. Although portraits appear to be their main focus today, it all started with weddings in 2008. They later added family and senior portraiture and more recently business portraits. Working from a beautiful old street front gallery, their goal is to create museum quality wall art for families and display the artwork in homes for them to enjoy every single day. They're based in Yakima, Washington, in the USA's Northwest. I'm talking about Amy and Tavis Guild of the Guild Gallery. 
and I'm wrapped to have him with us here now. Amy and Tavis, welcome. Thanks hello. for having us. Hello, hello. <laughs> Look, did I get the name of your town right? Yakima? <laughs> no, that's okay. It's Yakima. So we have a lot of Indian, Native you know, American names uh, you know, here. So we get Yakima, however you just said it, Yakima. <laughs> we good. know, we it's know, good. it's okay. <laughs> well, look, talking about the town that you live in and that you work from, can you give us an idea of the population and the clients that you're servicing? Yeah, so the population here is, I guess our county is around 200,000 or so, but really like our city is around 100,000. So we are a farm town. So we produce 70% of the world's hops. And so if you drink a beer, the odds that we grew it here in Yakima are incredibly high. And we also produce a large portion of the apples, peaches, cherries, pears. Uh, we're the fruit bowl. So we're surrounded by farms when you come out here. Is that where your clients are coming from, from that farmland community? Yeah, a lot of the farm owners. And then, of course, you know, that's going to spur on other business in the area. And so, yeah, like our clientele. Um, so our suit is a good pair of jeans um, and a collared button up shirt. Yeah. Uh, you know, Not if you want to get fancy, you can tuck your shirt in. If you want to get really <laughs> fancy, you could just add like a, a blue blazer. And anything beyond that is a super formal event that maybe only happens once a year. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's obviously you guys both working in the business. Do you have totally separate roles or do you overlap quite a bit? Yeah, I would say we have pretty separate roles. Well, it all started when we started photographing weddings together. And actually, before we had kids, we've been married for 12 years. So before we had kids, we did everything together. We sat side by side on our computers and photographed together, did it all together. But now with the kids, it's kind of like I'm on duty in the office and I do a lot of the correspondence, the photo editing, the marketing, things like that. And Tavis does most of the photographing and all of the in-person sales um, after and going to the client's home and installing the wall art. So nowadays we actually do way more by ourselves than we do together, but you know, it used to be all together. Yeah, right. Are you both actually shooting still? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then do you both go out to weddings together or do you both go to the same family portrait or does Tavis take one and Amy, you take another? It just depends. Like this past Saturday, we had two separate events. So I went to one and Tavis went to another with a, an associate photographer. And then family sessions, he'll just go by himself or take Chloe, our associate. And then every once in a while, I'll get a babysitter and we'll both do the same wedding. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's really the kids that are sort of have changed the way the business runs. Yep. Yeah. Which is normal for every couple. <laughs> yep, yeah, it's, so. yeah. yeah, it's a season. And once they're grown and, and shifting into the gears that they're going to be doing in life, I'm sure we'll spring back and <laughs> do more together. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And did I get that right in the intro that it started with the wedding photography business and then you moved into portraiture? It did. And you know what the interesting thing is, is we actually started as a videography company. And so it was back when if you said you did HD video, it was like a marketing thing. Like it was like, oh, you do HD. Like it was kind of like you offer the digital. <laughs> like it's as important as that. And so we started with that. And then quickly we found every client wanted photography. And we're like, okay, it's the same, you know, we're doing all the manual settings on the video. Let's get into the photography still world of it. And so we quickly went full tilt photography and then soon thereafter dropped the video side of things just because the workflow was difficult for our team size. And, and we're like, hey, let's just focus more on the photography side. And it kind of fell into our laps that we even did weddings in the first place because we were both in college at the time and I was studying to be a teacher. And I thought, well, in the summer, like I'll photograph a few weddings and then still be a teacher year round. But by the end of our college career, we were doing like 25 to 50 weddings a year. I think 25 was our first year and then 50 our next year. We're like, okay, let's just switch gears. Let's just do this full time. So it was never like our lifelong plan to be wedding photographers. It just kind of happened. Yeah. Wow. But it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So then why the transition into portraiture? Well, you know, it's so interesting because for those of you that are wedding photographers out there, you'll know exactly what I'm about to say is, is when you're at these events, it's kind of a commercial for yourself as an artist, as a portrait artist, because you're photographing families. And, and after that couple that you photograph, they then begin to start a family. So the longer you're in the industry, it really has a natural development to all these people that you're just kind of their household photographer. You're a part of the family and your role is the artist, right? 
and we just start at the wedding side. And then as they begin to have kids and stuff like that, we do the newborn and then the family stuff. And then, of course, you know, you begin to be known for that also. And so you, of course, photograph people that you didn't do their wedding. But ultimately, we've always kind of done family photography alongside weddings, just really more focused on weddings. But just recently, we decided to create a brand around that. And it really helps with clear marketing messaging and all that stuff and being able to run promotions and not have it be conflicting with our, you know, bride and grooms and, you know, the marketing we're pumping out for the wedding side of things. So that's kind of why we split the brands. We didn't necessarily just start doing that. We just made it super clear that we do that. Right. And when you say split the brand, you've got basically two different business names. You've got two different websites. Mm -hmm. One is portraits. One is weddings. Yep. And we just made that split actually last year. So for years and years, we were contemplating splitting the brands and we finally pulled the trigger last year and we're so glad that we did. (laughs) Right. And then, so you're still actively promoting the weddings and then the portraits tend to come after. Is that the way it sort of works? Or some people come straight in first time to see you guys as portrait clients? I would say, you know, both a little bit, but now that we have it as its own separate brand, we're kind of the premier, you know, family portraits company, I guess, from that standpoint. And so usually when someone's looking for the uncompromised family portrait, right, the best medium to be presented in their home, you know, in terms of what will be on the wall. And then, of course, the experience being a very huge part of that, we kind of rise up to the top in that category. So those are the people that we're attracting. Right. So this is a discussion that comes up quite regularly on the podcast, particularly with business coaches, photography business coaches I'm talking about. I see a lot of them tending to push photographers towards portraiture over weddings because they say it's more lucrative. It's easy to build a business as a portrait photographer. There's generally a better income, a better return on your time. What do you guys say to that? I would say... Yes, that's true. I do think that most coaches would advise doing portraiture over weddings, although we have found great success also selling albums and wall art to our wedding clients. So not every single one, you know, everybody is in a different financial situation when they get married, but we still have the same mission, whether it's to portrait clients or to weddings. And so we have lots and lots of couples that have canvases on their walls from their wedding. Yeah, it's interesting because we've had that question before. And what I find the most interesting part about it is that wedding photographers get put in this little box as though they can't do the same things in terms of, you know, in-person sales and experience and all that stuff that you do on the family and high school senior portrait side of things. That for some reason, they feel like they can't do that in weddings. And I would say that we just need to break that box open because I've done weddings and engagement sessions that are right there with what I'm doing on the wedding side of things. Now, the actual wedding day and post-production stuff, is that more time? Yeah, absolutely. But what I love about weddings is, is it's a commercial for you. And so if you are your brand, you're in front of 100 200, maybe 50 um, guests that get to see you operate and then afterwards get to see what you created and they get that personality. So when they need family portraits, they're like, who is that photographer at so-and-so's wedding? You know, you rise up. And so if, you know, in a smaller community like ours, we want to make sure that we have a dominant brand in those categories because, You know, if we were just doing family portraits, then we would be stuck at just doing auctions. And I mean, because there's other things you do. Some people say, well, it's a lot more work and time. You not necessarily because with family portraits, you still have to, you know, show up to auctions, photograph those. You're doing the same kind of marketing that you're doing at weddings, but it just has more power when you're doing them simultaneously. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by auctions, showing up to auctions? So we do um, something maybe unique, you know, to us. Uh, Some people have called me kind of crazy for doing it, but (laughs) we decided a while back that at auctions. Or any like fundraiser. Yeah, fundraiser of some. So you guys have, you know, auctions where they go and they raise money for a private school or, you know, cancers or all this different stuff. So there's auctions that kind of repeat themselves or some are every other year. And we always have a display item there, usually for family portraiture or sometimes, you know, high school seniors, but usually family portraiture. And I have always been hired to go and they would, you know, pay me X amount to photograph this auction so they can use it for promotion the next year. Well, a couple of years ago, we decided, you know what, for all these auctions that we just really believe in and we are behind the cause, 
let's just donate our time and just go there and photograph it for them. And then all of a sudden, it was this paradigm shift of we were just linking arms with the individuals that are putting on these auctions and just we were a part of the team at that point. And when your item is coming up during a live auction or, or maybe it's in the silent auction tables or something like that, everyone there knows that you're just there to promote the cause versus trying to, you know, get a check, I guess, from that standpoint. And so we found that that actually had quite a bit of momentum in building value with future clients that we hadn't even met yet. But ultimately, that was my whole point with weddings is when you're at a wedding, you're under that radar. You know, the guests are watching you. They're seeing how you react to things. They're watching if you're happy, if you're you know, in it for the bride and groom. And ultimately, it becomes a commercial for your brand and they get to see the work that you created after the event. Totally agree. I totally agree with you there. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about auctions in a minute, but let me push you a touch harder on this point. If I was coming in to take away one half of your business, the weddings or the portraits, which ones would you give up most easily? <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. It's uh, we... With an a- a- Amy has an answer, but before she gives hers, I'll, I'll give mine. Anything you do repetition-wise, and just so you guys know, we've done upwards of 70 weddings in a summer. Between six photographers. Between six, you know, so we have multiple teams of photographers and stuff. I personally would photograph between 35 to 40 weddings a summer. So whenever you're doing anything in repetition like that, you do say, man, it sure would be nice to have a weekend open <laughs> from that standpoint. But on the other side of it, too, on the family side, sometimes when you're working with a family, there's a party that's like, I wish that I could get to know this family more, that I could connect a little bit deeper. Because on a wedding day, I mean, you feel like you're in the I mean, when you really click with a bride and groom, it's like you get a front row seat to this love story. And so there's something exciting and and exhilarating about that, especially when there's, you know, a ton of authenticity and stuff on their part on the relationship and the commitment side. It's just really cool to have a front row seat of that. And so when there's repetition, I always just say, oh, well, weddings could go down a little bit. But ultimately, (laughs) for it to go away altogether, I would feel like a little piece of me would not be satisfied. So what do you think, Kate? Oh, I could easily say goodbye to weddings. (laughs) (laughs) She's okay with it. She's okay. I didn't even have to think about that. Anyway, so I'm looking for another photographer photographer to photograph weddings with me. <laughs> well, let me rephrase the question. Which one is more profitable? They're actually pretty even killed from that standpoint. Again, like I said, I treat weddings like I do families when it comes to the in-person sales side of things. So we have multiple thousand dollar sales on the wedding engagement side in addition to the family side. In terms of the books, it's pretty even killed across the board. Wow. Okay. So what sort of revenue are you guys doing? So we've always floated around just shy of around 400K or so. and For both sides of the business, that's all inclusive? Yeah, for both sides. And we found that with weddings, it's been up over you know 200 and something with just weddings alone, no IPS or anything. And then it's usually around 200, 250 or so on the IPS side of things with families and weddings combined with that. And so that's where we kind of float around that 400K mark. Fantastic. What a great business. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Do you guys feel proud of that? Like, do you wake up and think, wow, we're successful? Yeah. I mean, what's neat about it is more or less just kind of the, the influence, being able to be a part of things in our community. We're very rooted in our community. We love it. And just, you know, having a business model that is successful, puts you in a position to be able to give back. Um, that's really where our heart is. And it just, Again, it just gives us that front row seat to, to things that are happening, things that are brewing. And, you know, when celebrities come in and they're speaking on something they're passionate about, to be the photographer at that event because you're just rooted in the community. They just want Tavis and Amy at the event because it's important. For us, that's kind of the measure of success, at least for me. Well, I feel really proud of what we've done because we started this business when I was 20 years old. And just to see, like, what we've been able to do in the past, you know, 13 years something really exciting sometimes we're the only portrait studio that has a physical location in our town so sometimes I pull up and I just think I can't believe this place is ours and that we're able to like host events here and invite people for you know a little parties and just to visit our studio it's something to be proud of but I also feel very proud of Tavis because 
he does a job that I am not good at at all, which is sales. So <laughs> I used to like kind of sell to wedding clients and I'd like turn super red and talk very fast and just feel so uncomfortable. And Tavis <laughs> can sell to our clients like it's no big deal. So I feel proud of him. <laughs> he can do it. <laughs> nice. What a great team. That is fantastic. Let me take you back to the auctions. Are they a big part of how you generate your bookings or your sales? I'd say, yeah, for family specifically. So when we do auctions, that's a very family, you know, that's the client we're hoping to get from it. And what's interesting is, and so I have a couple strategies when I go to auctions is one of them is I'm not hoping to gain one client at an auction. And I find that some photographers put themselves in that mindset of whoever buys their item or wins their item is the client they're going for. And they put a lot of focus and stuff on that. I more or less, I want to, because we put a, you know, canvas on an easel with a light over it, an album in front of it. I mean, it's a beautiful display. We even have a kind of a little contract thing. So when they want us to be in their auction, we require a certain amount of table space and power and, and all this stuff if they want us to be in their auction. And so what that has done is every person that walks by, it's like driving by a billboard, you know, down the street. And we have this billboard space. And those clients that we've gotten from that, not even the ones that have actually won the item, have been just a, a substantial, you know, beautiful, wonderful client in terms of on the financial side. And then also just kind of a lifelong client for, again, just photographing all the events that come down their pipeline. But I mean, to put some real numbers to it, we got our largest sale from an auction client one time. A few years ago, Tavis did a single transaction family portrait sale that was, what, $54,000? Yeah, so $54,000, and that was from a family portrait session, and they didn't even buy the auction item. This was just someone that they had seen us at all these auctions all the time, and they were ready for family portraits, and we were just at the top of the list. So does that happen at every auction? No, but we just keep doing them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those are anomalies too. Right. Because within that same year, actually within three months of that year, we did the 54,000 for that family portrait session. Then we did a $33,000 family portrait session a month later. And then we did a $25,000 high school senior session about six weeks after that. And so that whole period, you know, Amy and I are looking at each other like, what is happening? I don't know what it is, but we're you know on it. Wow. And so we've had sales, you know, get up into those ballparks, but nothing like that. And so, you know, what I was excited about is that I don't believe in luck. I believe it's when opportunity meets preparation. And we've been preparing to be able to do something like that. And then it just so happened that these families and this, you know, high school senior were coming down the pipeline and they were prepared to do it as well. So I just need to say one thing after that. that we're not bringing up numbers to say, look at us, look how cool we are and right. how big a sales week. I just have to throw it out there to photographers sometimes because until they have heard numbers like that, I don't think people believe that those numbers are even possible. I didn't. Yeah. So until someone told us like, yeah, you can have a thriving family portrait business and make a living. Like we just thought that we were going to be doing shoot and burn for a hundred dollars a session for us for like, or, you know, so we're not saying these numbers to be like, look how cool we are. I just want photographers (laughs) to know like it's possible. You know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, let's dive a little bit deeper into these auctions. So do you pick and choose which auctions you go to or if there's an auction, you're going to it no matter what? So we actually have an application on our website. So if you go to theguildgallery.com and click the link for auctions, there's an auction like request form. Like and, through Tave or something, yeah. right? And yeah. so that form tells us everything we need to know about the auction, like what the attire is, how many people are coming, how much the tickets are, where it is, when the setup is, all that. So we will look at it and then let them know what we'd like to donate. And they put on there too what they'd like to see. But it's not just a you know, right. For all. And it's super purposeful. We started doing that because we're not a good fit for every auction. Our auction item, I believe, has a value of sixteen fifty, which means the starting bid is usually like three hundred to four hundred dollars for the more, yeah. you know, for the opening bid for that item. Well, some auctions you go to and they're selling gift cards for twenty dollars and whatnot, and it's just inappropriate. Like our item just doesn't make sense there. Right. And so we're like, okay, we need to know who's gonna be there, what's the highest, you know, silent auction, what's the highest live auction. And then we need to make sure that we're a good fit because we want them to be successful and just bringing in a luxury item and just hoping for the best. 
isn't necessarily success. <laughs> you know, at that point, we should just attend and buy some things because it, it's and it doesn't match our brand really well sometimes either. But for the most part, you know, there's set auctions, you know, like I said, in a smaller town that we're in that repeat every year or some of them are on a, a two year cycle or it's every other year that they have the, you know, their big six to eight hundred person, you know, auction. So I'm guessing, I get the feeling that when you approach an auction, there's two clients. There's the one that actually wins the auction, the item that you guys are auctioning, the, the shoot, mm-hmm. and then there's everyone else there. So just focus firstly on the person who wins the auction. Let's say they bid up to you know, $1,000 mm-hmm. for the family portrait session. I'm guessing there's a shoot, there's a frame print, I'm guessing, or enlargement involved with that. Yep. Is your aim then to upsell on top of that to that client? Not necessarily. So I (laughs) usually take a backwards approach is that I want to build value. And if all they want is the canvas that comes with that, that uh, auction item and the session itself, which is, you know, that's kind of bundled together there, that's totally fine. If they don't want anything more than that, then that means I probably didn't do a very good job building in additional value. And so that's where once they enter our experience, then we kind of get lockstep with each other. And then that's where we're planning, you know, large wall arrangements, multiple canvases, albums, gifts, and all that stuff from the beginning. And then what happens is, is that auction that they won just turns into a credit that goes toward whatever it is that we were accomplishing. But I will say like 95% of everyone that ever wins anything from an auction does end up buying more. And Tavis keeps talking about like our experience, our experience. Well, when they win a gift certificate from us, they come in for our portrait planning meeting. So they come into our studio, see our canvases on the wall, know what we're all about. We talk extensively about where they're going to put it in their home. Tavis actually goes to their home before the session to photograph the walls, talk about it. He does the session, you know, then they come in for the ordering meeting. So by the time we're actually talking about, okay, let's time to redeem the gift certificate. They've been talking like for months, seen each other multiple times, know the value of our canvases. So it's not like they win, we show up for the shoot and then email them. Okay, what do you want for your canvas? No, it's like a a huge process. So once we're all in, it's almost like... It's kind of awkward if all they want is just that. And it really is revealing (laughs) to me because it's like, wow, we were really not like I said before, lockstep with what they were trying to accomplish or, and it actually made it to where we put in some fine print there about giving auction items to someone who wasn't, who didn't buy it. Cause that problem actually came up the most when people would buy our item from an auction and then give it to a family member that never went to the event, never did anything. Right. It was not a good quality. Yeah. And so then, and so we're like, Oh, and so we plugged that hole. And ever since we've really done that, we haven't had too many issues with them just wanting that. I say that that's not even an issue. If that's really all they want, then that's fine. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I mean, that's great. That's the risk we take. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sure. So when does the client first get the idea that they might be spending two, three, four, five or more thousand dollars after they purchase the auction item. Yeah. So in the steps that Amy, you know, breezed over, we have multiple meetings. The first meeting that they have is what we call the portrait planning meeting. And this is, you know, uh, true to the title, we're planning what to wear, location, date, the day, you know, all the logistics. But in addition to that, we're planning where in their home they were wanting, you know, decor items and, you know, this art. I'm also giving them price conditioning. I'm pointing at things in our gallery and the prices. I pointed a 36 inch canvas, which is uh, around $1,400. And I start from there. I go to a 45, which is 2800 ish or something. I can't remember it off the top of my head. And then a, a 50 inch. And then I end with a 72 inch, which is $17,000. And so, at that initial price conditioning, they immediately know, okay, I could spend 17K or more, or I could be a little bit over a thousand for something like that. And it gives them this wide open, like, wow, I could spend a lot of money here or invest a lot of money here if I wanted to, if it ends up being a good fit. And then that's where that meeting really segues right into, you know, me going to their home, usually shortly after that meeting 
and I helped them kind of like a designer of where the portraits would be best displayed in their home that matches the architecture, like the focal points of the room and why the windows are on you know one side and how you know the portraits would be the best you know focal point on the other side and and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden they just realized they've hired someone that's going to make them look like they have their stuff together, make them look good when mom comes over, when their sisters and family come over, you know, because I'm moving furniture and hutches and all sorts of stuff. It's a, (laughs) it's a full on, like, you know, I come in as an interior designer and just, we're just moving stuff around and we get the color palettes that way too. We pick locations sometimes based off of, you know, their other decor and what appeases their eye. There's nothing random about creating family portraits. We really are creating a unique art piece for each family And, you know, the value just increases very quickly when you're on that track. So we don't have a physical price list in our studio. We never like send out pricing to people, but they do know by that initial meeting, like a lot of people, you know, do seem like, oh, wow, okay, that's more than I thought it was going to be. But they always have the opportunity to back out before we've taken their portraits, which rarely do people ever back out but we're not about like taking their photos and then holding them hostage and saying well you have to buy this is this or nothing and you know so we've really eliminated a lot of objections by doing the portrait planning meeting and telling them about the prices ahead of time (laughs) so here's a really good thing with what amy was saying is is this is why branding is so important because people know our brand when they go into another family's home and they see one of our canvases displayed there they have a rough idea of the value of that. How do they know that's yours? Well, our name (laughs) is painted on the bottom corner and our canvassing is very unique. It's a handmade canvassing process. And so it looks like a museum piece. It's a piece that you don't see around and it really identifies with our brand and who we are. We also, with our style of photography, even, you know, we're, I call it uh, true to life photography. It's like, if you were to look outside that's the color palette you get. It's not darker or brighter or all that, you know, it'll be timeless because it's the colors you actually see with your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, all that plays together. But my point is, is that's where branding is really important. And if you are having clients come in and having this sticker shock, right? I always just say, I love the book. If you haven't read it, it's called Extreme Ownership of just saying, man, as photographers, we kind of have to take ownership over that. Because that means that our brand or our marketing message has reached a client that is not a good fit for us. And so we may be sending a mixed message or something to our client and they come in and then we blame them that they're not a good fit. But really, it's kind of our fault. Like they should have known. (laughs) So, yeah, branding is important. Being very clear with your message and what you're sending out. And case in point is that, Andrew, you went to our website and you knew exactly what we were about before we ever even talked in person. Absolutely. So I think that your website and your branding and your marketing really tells a lot. So we actually really eliminated even posting digitals anymore. We just like to post pictures of, you know, finished wall art and finished albums. And, you know, that just a small example of how it all plays together. But yep. Yeah. That was immediately obvious. As soon as I visited your website, it's clear what you guys do. Yes. So clear. And you mentioned, Tavis, the fine art canvases that you guys produce. Is that the same canvas that I see on the video on your website? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So for the listener, if you're wondering what Tavis is talking about there, as far as their products are concerned, I'll add a link in the show notes, but you need to see this. So is that happening in-house? You guys are producing these canvases? It is. So, you know, we were talking kind of pre-show, one of our other companies is this canvassing company. It was started over 50 years ago by a photographer named Ken Whitmire, who is just an absolute legend in this industry. And we were just honored to have the opportunity to take over that forum when he passed away. And that was about four years ago or so. And it's the original method of canvassing. So, you know, everything, it's a strip bonded method and everything's done by hand. And uh, so in the building we're in now, these have been made out of Yakima for around 50 years or so. And that's why, like, when you see it, you can beat it like a drum. It's its own category of product from that standpoint. I don't say that as like, oh, now he's selling us on canvas. No, I, I say that because our portrait clients recognize that. And when you have a client that when they pull up in a Bentley or you realize they live an uncompromised life, like they just want the best of the best, they see those things. They notice those things. And when you're able to talk to them about, you know, the heritage and what they're really getting, 
then all of a sudden they're like, wow, okay, I get this because I just bought a $20,000 couch for the same reason. And you talk about it like furniture, all of a sudden the, the value again just begins to increase immensely. So we make those canvases in-house for our portrait clients. But what Tavis is saying is that we also make them for photographers all over the world. We sell them and most of our clients are here in the U.S., but we can ship internationally if you have listeners all over the place. So that company is called Guild Canvas, guildcanvas.com. Cool. So when we talked about your turnover earlier, your revenue, and we said 400000 is that part of that 400000 or is that a separate business? No, that has nothing to do with it at all. <laughs> right, okay. So that's a separate business. Yeah, that's its own thing. Fantastic. Well, and again, I mean, you talked about the quality of this canvas, and as far as canvases go, I had no idea what was involved with your canvases after watching that video i was i was blown away it was amazing so yeah if you're listening go and check that out it's incredible what you guys put into those canvases Mm -hmm. and that they do look amazing i want to ask you about the other side of the auction because i get a feeling that that's where the profit is and it's the people that don't actually win the auction item from you guys Mm -hmm. and i'm guessing there's multiple clients there or multiple prospective clients there how do you get them to book a portrait session so if you look at your marketing campaigns and everything you're doing for branding and whatnot, like a funnel, it begins to make a little more sense because ultimately I'm at these auctions, you know, for the people passing by, they see my canvas displayed, you know, with the light on and all that. But also I'm photographing these auctions and I'm, I'm developing relationships with people maybe I've never met or I'm being introduced to people. But I'm saying also to some of the people I've known for years, hey, come together, get a photo together. And that experience, the smile, the genuine, you know, like, oh, okay, this guy is normal, (laughs) you know, or whatever (laughs) it is, right? They're like, okay, so if I were to commission, you know, the Guild Gallery to create portraits, you know, Tavis will be, okay, I now know the face behind that company. So so it kind of is very surface, like I'm in their head, that name is repeating, but ultimately where the purchase power or the booking comes from is when we're running some kind of promotion or some sort of triggered marketing campaign. When I'm at an auction, I'm not going around saying, hey, do you want a family portrait? That's not what I'm doing. (laughs) They'll come up to me actually and say, I just thought of you the other day. We really need to sit down. I want to do something this spring. And I pull up my phone and I'll make a little note and I say, okay, I'm going to give you a call tomorrow. I'll follow you up on this and we'll get something on the book. So just by physically seeing me there reminds them, oh man, we need to get so-and-so's high school senior pictures. It's coming up. And so that's the other part of it where you serve as that reminder, um, especially again, going back to when you are a luxury sometimes to people, like we've learned that we're not necessarily a necessity all the time. In some cases we are, right? But when you're a luxury, you have to be continually reminding your clients that this is something important and something that will have value in their life, right? For sure. And so that's that funnel, right? I may or may not be booking those things at the auctions, but it's putting my name in their head in their short-term memory. And it's usually we have a trigger campaign event that's shortly thereafter, within weeks sometimes, of a call to action like premium members of Photobiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Right. It sounds like you guys have built an incredible business and You've been amazing today. It's been so good to chat to you. I mean, I'm going to link to your social media profiles and your different websites. Where is the best place for the listener to go to learn more from you guys and see what you're about? You know, if they go to tavisandamy.com, it has more information just about us and how to get in touch with us. And yeah, if anyone listening is wanting a new luxury canvas provider i'd love for them to check out our materials as well on there yeah we actually we interact a lot in the guild canvas club it's just a facebook group and it's full of just really top-notch photographers and so you know when you get into the club you know obviously there's the underlining narrative of canvas stuff but really we're talking about business stuff you know amy and i will do different live facebook things and just talk about different things we've learned in our business or different tips and whatnot there. So if you're looking for that kind of interaction on Facebook, so that's the Guild Canvas Club and we're in there doing some education and stuff too. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm going to add links to all those in the show notes. And again, massive thanks guys. It's been so good to catch up and chat and really appreciate you sharing what you have. So thank you. Thank you, Andrew. 
hope you enjoyed that interview with Amy and Tavis as much as I did. Amy and Tavis, if you're listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, sharing everything you did. I I love what you had to share. I know there are going to be a ton of takeaways from listeners. So again, thank you so much. For you, the listener, I hope I'm right there in saying that. And look, if there is a takeaway, if there's something that you thought, yes, I will be implementing that into my business, I would love to hear about it. Let me know in the comments area of the show notes or if you're a premium member, let's talk about it inside the members Facebook group. And I'll be adding Amy and Tavis to the group as well so you can chase them up. If you have any follow-up questions, if you wanted to go deeper on a particular topic, ask them something that I didn't, you can access them there in the group. Uh, And just quickly with or in regards to the comments area in the show notes, those show notes have also got examples of Amy and Tavis's beautiful work, their massive wall prints. They're, they're, you can actually see them holding these wall prints in photos inside the show notes. And I've also got links to anything and everything that I've mentioned that they mentioned in the interview as well. It's all there in that one spot over at photobizx.com forward slash 373. I've got one big shout out for today's episode, and this one goes to longtime listener John Rice, who is a Margaret River wedding photographer. And Margaret River, if you aren't aware, is in Western Australia. And John left a five-star rating and a lovely review in iTunes. He says he's been a premium member since PhotoBizX started out, and he's still learning with every episode, which is so cool. He says that I dive in deep, The content is specific to his photography business and niche, and it's easy to understand and implement to what he hears on the show. And he also says it's been a great way to be introduced to awesome photography business coaches like Bernie Griffiths, who helped him have huge success in the family portrait market. John goes on to say some other lovely things about me. I'm not going to go into those, but they are in the show notes. And he finishes off by saying that the membership is is a no-brainer and he highly recommends the podcast and the membership if you want to take your photography business to the next level. So, John, mate, again, we've been chatting via email. I know you're getting into shooting some sporting team photos. Lucky for you that you can actually do them in WA because you guys are all locked down. Unfortunately, we, we can't do that this year over here in New South Wales. So good luck to you. And again, mate, thank you so much. For, for taking the time to leave that rating and review. And, and, and honestly, thank you so much for your support since, uh, since the podcast has started, which is just amazing. I'm sure we'll, we'll have a chance to catch up at some stage and grab a beer together. So, mate, thank you so much. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Just before we close out today's episode, there are two things I wanted to share with you. One of them is from PhotoBizX listener and past interview guest from Scotland, Dave Stewart. Now, I am not a Lightroom user, which I know sounds bizarre or may sound bizarre to you. I just don't use Lightroom. Uh, I shoot JPEG, I use Photo Mechanic, and I use Photoshop. But if you are a Lightroom user, Dave tells me that it is a nightmare to add a watermark to your images using Lightroom. There's just no easy way to do it. Well, Dave has just released a super helpful service if you use Lightroom, and it's called LR Watermark or Lightroom Watermark. And what it can do is transform your logo into a customized brush preset so you can place a watermark in the develop module and you don't need to rely on the clunky export-based watermarking in Lightroom or switch over to Photoshop to place your logo on your images. So it's excellent for quick social media posts. It's only just launched and Dave is actually looking for some early adopters. If you are a premium member, Dave is offering 50% off on top of the current sale price until the 7th of August for PhotoBizX premium members. Now, what that means is you can actually get this, <laughs> this really cool app for $4.99. It's, it's a no-brainer. Like, it's so cheap. So even if you're listening to the free version of the podcast and you want access to this, uh, I, guess, I guess it's a preset or an app. I'm not sure what you'd call it here inside Lightroom. But if you want access to it now, you can get it at the intro price for under $10. If you're a free listener, if you're a premium member, you can get access to it for $4.99. I'll add a um, add details in your version of the podcast show notes if you're a premium member. And I'll also email you details on how to get that 
50% off. If you're listening to the free version of the podcast, I'll add a link as well uh, when I when I email you. Uh, you'll also find a link in the show notes. But you can also, <laughs> geez, I'm saying also a lot here. You can find uh, more information at lrwatermark.com. So it's www.lrwatermark.com. But there are links in the show notes. So awesome work, Dave. I'm happy to share it on the show and um, wishing you every success with the app. It sounds awesome. Uh, the other quick thing I wanted to mention, if you are a Smart Albums user, uh, I love Smart Albums for designing our wedding, <laughs> our wedding, our wedding albums. <laughs> uh, to, be, to be honest, I don't actually do this. It's Tennille, our studio assistant who uses Smart Albums. Um, she loves the program. It makes it so easy and, and the designs look just amazing. Well, they have just released a bunch of updates to the 2020 version of Smart Albums. There's a brand new search function. There's an auto design function, which is really cool. And there's also some extra design, um, what would you call it? Some extra options to add pretty cool looking designs to your album layouts. So again, I've got links in the show notes. We can go and check that out. We can go to the Smart Albums uh, website, which you'll find at pixaloo.com forward slash smart albums and um, go and check out the, the new updates for 2020. And again, if you don't have Smart Albums, uh, you can obviously purchase it from the website. But if you're a premium member, make sure you you, uh, you access the discount codes in the premium members resource area if you're looking to, to start using Smart Albums for your album designing. Uh, and if you haven't checked that out, you absolutely need to because it, it really is an amazing piece of software for album designs. Um, I don't get anything if you purchase smart albums through, through photo biz X or use the promo code. It doesn't affect me at all. I just know how good it is. It's just an amazing time saver when it comes to album design. So go and check it out if you haven't used it yet. Alrighty. That is it for this episode of the podcast. I'm actually recording this a couple of days early because I'm heading off to the snow (laughs) this week, which is really cool. Uh, I always, well, you probably have heard me if you've been listening for a while talking about my eldest son, Matthew. I talk about him a lot because he seems to have more holidays than anyone because he's a uni student. But I have another son, a younger son, Jordan, who I love dearly. I just don't get to spend as many holidays with him because he is such a hard worker. He's, he's done an apprenticeship as a locksmith. He's finished his trade now. He's saving up for a house. He's looking to go on a European holiday with his girlfriend. Uh, he's just a super hard worker and uh, yeah look he's taking a week off next week and we've juggled a few things around and we're all able to go together so I'm really excited to, to go skiing with him because I haven't had a holiday with Jordan for so long so it's going to be great It'll be my brother my youngest brother Simon my eldest son Matthew and my youngest son Jordan for a, a boys week away on the snow so can't wait really looking forward to that so if I'm not around inside the members Facebook group, that's why. Well, that's one of the reasons why. It could also be because Mark Zuckerberg is uh, playing around with me and not giving me access to my own group, which is bloody nightmare. All right. <laughs> that's it for me. Have a fantastic week wherever you are, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest.